Westbrook Health Services has been supporting the surrounding community since 1949 and is known as an agency that is community-focused, people-driven. As one of West Virginia's 13 comprehensive behavioral health centers, Westbrook provides services to eight counties throughout the Mountaineer State and became one of the first comprehensive community behavioral health clinics in West Virginia in 2020. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the generous help of the Sisters Health Foundation. This year marks 25 years since the foundation awarded its first grant, and we couldn't be more grateful for their support. Welcome to Studio 2121. Well, welcome to podcast Studio 2121. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. We are going to get into some talk about anxiety today and, and what that is and what it means and and how you might be able to recognize it, seek treatment, that sort of thing. Um, I'm your host today, Kevin Trippett, the CEO of Westbrook Health Services, and I hope you've enjoyed the podcast that we've had so far. Um, and we will continue to put these out and, and help the audience with some education about behavioral health. So with me today, I have Shelby Stevenson. She is a therapist in our Spencer office down in Rowan County. Uh, how long have you been with us now, Shelby? Um, I've been a little bit over two years Okay. with, with the company. So. Yeah. How long have you been a therapist? I've been a therapist for almost 24 years. Oh, wow. Now. Yeah. Okay. So, got a little bit of experience in dealing with anxiety today's topic so so can you tell us a little bit about yourself well my name's Shelby Stevenson and um, I'm a licensed professional counselor here in West Virginia Um, I've been a therapist for 24 years Uh, recently relocated from Florida where I'm still licensed there. Okay. Um, I've worked with a variety of uh, clients, both inpatient and outpatient. Um, currently, I'm carrying a caseload. Um, also running a group with our crisis stabilization unit. Um, and um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. So. Now, that's interesting you're from Florida. Most people go the other way around. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. It, that is so true. but. Um, we wanted to come up here for a lot of reasons. Um, our oldest son got recruited to play football okay. uh, for Alderson Brodish University. Oh, great. And so we were driving back and forth 700 miles at one way. Um, and every time we came up here, it was like, oh, it was so relaxing. Yeah. Um, it's very different uh, down there with the oppressive heat and the hurricanes and right. humidity. but. Um, now we live on 120 acres, and it's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So. Almost sounds like um, moving here helped you relieve some of your anxiety. It did, because <laughs> we lived in the city, I mean, two miles from the Orlando International Airport. Okay. And we actually lived, the, the, the landing vector for the airport was right over our house. Oh, wow. And so every, literally every five minutes was another plane, from 6 a.m. to midnight. And let me you t- falling asleep. Oh yeah, <laughs> it did. And let me tell you, being in, in a within a metropolitan city, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of anxiety-provoking things. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and so, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So now we live on 120 acres, and and there's a lot of things that that we do that relieve stress and anxiety. Oh, that's great. So yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Anxiety is probably a term a lot of us are familiar with. Um, we hear a lot about it sometimes. Um, people relate to some chest pains, 
maybe you're not actually having a heart attack, maybe you're having symptoms of anxiety. Um, what is anxiety exactly? Um, the term is kind of has different meanings to different people. Um, as a therapist, I often, when I'm educating my clients, I tell them that it has a physical piece to it and an emotional piece to it. Um, obviously, when somebody starts getting um, anxious, um, I kind of think of it like a bonfire, where when you first start a bonfire, kind of smolders okay but then as it gets bigger and bigger it's just in, an inferno and that's the way I kind of conceptualize anxiety to my clients um, first of all from a physical perspective anxiety starts off with maybe your hands get sweaty or your heart starts beating fast you might have a head a little bit of a headache mm -hmm. your respiration gets a little bit pumped up because what your body is preparing to do is to either stand and fight or to flee. And it's kind of, it's an involuntary type thing. You don't really, you can't really um, stop it once it starts. Okay. Um, but uh, your body's just getting ready to do something. From an emotional perspective, you might feel overwhelmed. You're gonna feel uh, like things are closing in. Um, it's going to be hard to concentrate maybe it's going to be hard to focus because everything is getting ready to either stand and fight or flee so um so from an emotional perspective it's very intense and for some people they'll have generalized anxiety okay. where maybe it's everywhere all the time sun up sun down and then then some Others have more situational anxiety, or maybe it's hard to take a test, mm -hmm. or maybe going to Walmart, which most people get anxious when they go in there, yeah. if not from a financial perspective. But, mm -hmm. um, but you know, from a from a um, uh, you know just dealing with crowds or being in a situation that starts that spark. Mm -hmm. I think for people, the best place to start, and this is kind of what I've, I think about with my clients, sure. is to understand what starts the process. Mm -hmm. Because believe it or not, it starts with up here. Right. Your thought, your thoughts, that's what kicks it off. And then what happens is the emotion kicks up, kind of like that bonfire, mm -hmm. getting bigger. And then what happens is a lot of people have panic attacks which I think of as the inferno. Right, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. The, the idea as a therapist is to kind of tr to kind of help the client identify what are the triggers, what makes it worse? Is it a particular time of day? Is it a, a air, like a place you go that triggers your, and that's called a trigger. Mm -hmm. Could be being around a certain person yes. or a certain number of people maybe. Yes, okay. or going shopping or just even leaving your house. Some people can't leave their homes, which is why I'm so glad that here at Westbrook, we get them services even in their house. Yes, telehealth. Uh, telehealth, <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a few clients like that that just are petrified to mm -hmm. leave their house. And that's the more severe type of anxiety. Sure. Um, if a person has, um, and I kind of talked to my clients about this, um, there's a lot of ways, once you get your triggers understood, then you have to learn kind of, okay, 
how do I fix this? Like, how do I cope right. with anxiety? And there's a lot of ways that are good and some ways that are not good. Um, some good ways would be things like exercise. What exercise does is it naturally um, releases endorphins when you do it long enough. That, that kind of make you feel happy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that marathon runner mm -hmm. that about the 12th mile he gets to going and, or she does, and the, and the whole, oh man, the body is so tired, they want to stop. But it, you know, they release that natural endorphins. Um, so it, it's- we call that the runner's high. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Which, do you run? I do. Okay, so yeah. you, know, you know what that feels like. Yeah. I need to run, but anyway, I I'm actually just on. did my first marathon in October. You did! Yes. Congratulations! Thank you. What what mile did you um, experience that runner's high? Um, you know, it was probably hour halfway. Yeah, so around uh, fifteen or yeah. so. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you know what it feels like yeah. when you exercise and you're anxious, your body releases that natural endorphins, so that the anxiety goes down. It takes the gas off the fire, mm -hmm. and that's the goal of treatment. Instead of an inferno, we want a little, maybe not even a smolder. That's what we're trying to get to, from volume 10 down to regular. Yeah. yeah. Um, another, uh, another coping mechanism that I kind of like my clients to do, um, a lot of times people's anxiety is triggered by the unknown. Like, they don't know what's going to happen. There's no plan. Um, say, for example, finances. They're living paycheck to paycheck. There's no plan if somebody should become sick and unable to work. So, or that's just an example. Right. Or some other events happening, but they have no plan. If they have a plan, they're not going to be as anxious. Okay. Yeah. Because they know exactly what they're going to do if the situation unfolds. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. And I, yeah. I, not to tell tales, but that's kind of how my wife is. She's a planner. She likes to know what the plan is. If we go do something and there is no plan, then yes, she gets anxious about anxious. that. Yeah. yeah, because it's a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's a surprise. Um, so the, the whole goal of coping mechanisms is to have a plan, should, things happen, things unfold. Um, another coping mechanism that a lot of people will use, which is so easy, is just deep breathing. You know, they'll close their eyes. Maybe they go to Walmart or a gathering of family. It's too big, they start feeling closed in. They'll go to the bathroom, close their eyes, and take some deep breaths. What that's doing is that that's stopping the fire because the body, instead of going into inferno mode, will actually stop and stop the cycle of it getting bigger because the body starts focusing on breathing. Yeah, so you, you concentrate. You're, you're switching your thought process to just your breathing so you right. can ignore yeah. those other things that are going on at yeah. that time and moment. Right, okay. absolutely, absolutely. So that helps to kind of stop the the cycle the the gas I call it the gas on the fire we yeah. got to take the gas off the fire right and make it smaller no I think that's a great analogy that yeah. makes it really relatable yeah understanding yeah. yeah most people around here burn brush 
you know, well, well out in the hollers we do. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sometimes in the city too, so yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But you know, you start it small mm. and you know, so um, another coping mechanism, and this is kind of thinking out of the box, because as a therapist, I kind of think out of <laughs> the box a little bit. But I actually have, um, have my folks decorate a shoebox and that is actually their worry box. Okay. And I have them decorate it in a form of a theme. So I've had everything from muscle cars to Frozen, which is from Disney. Yes. And everything in between. <laughs> and um, when a person starts feeling anxious, what they're going to do is they're going to write down what they're feeling anxious about, fold it up, and stick it in the worry box. And while it's in the worry box, they can't worry about it. What that is exercise is designed to do is to take the thoughts that are generating the anxiety and some of the anxious feelings that they're having, putting it down on paper so that it's away. And that does take the gas off the fire. Does that also it help does. you feel like you have control over the situation when you do that step? Absolutely. Because what what ends up happening is as a person's writing, they're seeing what's making them anxious, they're feeling it, but it's gone. And it doesn't have the power to make the fire bigger. Yeah. It doesn't. Because it, you know, you, it's out of your body, it's out of your mind, it's out of your heart, and it's on that paper. Yeah. Um, now, I have some sneaky clients, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because what they like to do and I go, uh-uh-uh. What they like to do is they like to worry about the worry box. <laughs> Interesting. They can't do that, though. Right. So I have another exercise that I do with okay. them. Okay. Um, what I like to do is I like to, uh, is I like to lead them through what's called a guided imagery. And what that is is where I talk to them and I describe through all of their senses a very peaceful scene. Mm -hmm. Usually I ask them, now, do you like the mountains or the beach better? Most of the time they pick the beach. Okay. And I'm like... Because we already have mountains in this That's area. right. Yeah. Most of them pick the beach. because yeah. something different. Exactly. And I, and I have them picture that they're walking down a beautiful white sandy beach with a warm breeze in their face, mm -hmm. that the sand is warm to their to the touch of their toes, and I walk through all the senses, and at the very end, I have them, in their minds, sit under a palm tree with their worry box right there. And then I have them rest under the palm tree. We do some deep breathing. And then I have them leave their worry box in their minds on the beach. Okay. And then what I have them do is go away and go back to their house. And then when they come back in the session, mm -hmm. I give them a homework assignment. Because I like to do fun homework, right? <laughs> well, who likes to do boring homework? Exactly, exactly. So what I have them do is I have them draw, get several pieces of paper, and I have them draw a beach scene on each piece of paper and put them throughout their house. And then I use a little humor. I say, now you got to have a conversation with your family so they don't think that you're not all there. Mm -hmm. 
And what you got to do is you got to tell them that if they see that you're anxious, all they got to do is point to the picture, wherever it is in the house, mm -hmm. and then you know you go quietly to your room, close your eyes, and go to the beach in your mind. Yeah. Or the mountain in your mind. Your happy place. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you know, every time, with very few exceptions, unless they're psychotic, which then that's not appropriate. Right. But every time they're like, Whoa. so maybe I've, they first came into session with their leg going, mm -hmm. but by the end of session, they're, you know? Yeah. And it, it's a great technique to take care of anxiety. You know, and, and, and everything yeah. you described just illustrates why therapy can be so useful. Many people don't understand these skills on their own, and, and what right. you're doing is helping them develop these skills and, and practices so mm -hmm. they can learn to manage it and, and lead a, a fairly normal life from that point. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, anxiety is very debilitating. Mm -hmm. When you're so anxious that you can't leave your home, it's, it's so hard to have that courage to go into therapy or to go get medicine or to do both, you know? It's hard. Yeah. And I just think our, our clients and all of our listeners out mm -hmm. there are so courageous. Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of courage, and that's one of the things I like to encourage my clients and give them um, that pat on the back, because you know what? They walk through that door. Right. And just even coming to therapy is anxiety producing. Sure. It, especially if they've had a bad experience with another agency. Mm -hmm be able to come back yeah that's, and I'm give sure us it's pretty brave to do that oh absolutely and I tell them I I normalize it I'm like you know what what you had happened to you was not okay right and I'm sorry that you went through that with another agency but we're here today and we're going to help it today and you know what it just whew, I have literally seen the anxiety go out of my client mm -hmm. like they're right there they're like mm -hmm. A lot of times, even just yesterday I had a client and um, they were like, you know what, I was so scared about coming here, but now I'm not. And I'm like, there you go. Yeah. And I told that person, I said, you know what, we're not going to eat you. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're not going to eat you. Yeah. And that humor works great mm -hmm. when dealing also with anxiety. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, go. So I can imagine um, if you're dealing with anxiety day in and day out, then mm -hmm. you're not are not learning coping skills to help calm that down. There's probably a lot of um, side effects from a health standpoint. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, what are some of the things yes. someone living with anxiety may cause them to have health-wise? Well, it's funny that you um, mentioned that because it has been scientifically proven that the mind and the body are connected. Um, and um, actually, I read a, a research study by um, uh, Johns Hopkins, believe it or not, they do a lot of research, mm -hmm. really good research. And they found that um, when their patients don't get a visit from somebody to spirit, boost their spirits up, mm -hmm. they don't have good outcomes. Yeah, I can they, see that. They take more medicine, they have more complications, they spend longer days in the hospital. Um, it, it's, you know, not good. And so they've made it a point that every patient gets a visit. They actually have visitors that go around and visit. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and and so the mind and body are completely connected. Um, but there are a lot of medical things that happen when somebody's anxiety is out of control. Um, ulcers. Um, what happens from a physiologic perspective is when anxiety is like inferno and it stays inferno all the time, you actually produce a lot of stomach acid, which then causes ulcers a lot um, because it's just so much, the body can't keep up. Right. Um, headaches, migraines are horrible. Um, you have stress-induced migraines which stress typically means anxiety. Yeah. You know, they're interchangeable. Um, and so somebody with out of control anxiety is gonna have um, a lot of migraines. You might have heart issues. Um, if you're on volume 10 all the time with your anxiety, inferno, you know, your heart rate's and it doesn't go down, um, you know, it weakens the heart muscle, which if you are already in the hole, like you already have issues, it can make them worse. Sometimes chronic pain, it, what normally should be a little bit of pain, mm -hmm. because you're anxious and inferno all the time, it's way bigger than it should be, which is why when you're, let's say you have chronic pain, you've got anxiety on top of it, your muscles go like this. So your muscles, muscles tense up and contract. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, even if you have a chronic illness like Crohn's disease, that gets worse with anxiety that's out of control. Um, pretty much any chronic medical condition does not do well with out of control anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been looking at numbers at the agency recently trying to see you know what's the primary diagnosis people that we individuals that we're serving sure. anxiety is number one that is the the end of the diagnosis that we see most often with our patients that come through our doors absolutely absolutely and it makes sense because think about our world we are in a very fast-paced um, just instant gratification kind of world now yeah. with technology and internet and you know just 500 movies you can get on demand or 1,000 or mm -hmm. 500,000 um, and it's hard to keep up with that. Yeah. It's so complex and so naturally you want to you know people are trying to meet unrealistic expectations yeah. and, and naturally when you can't reach the goal it's going to create anxiety. Yeah I can see that with your smartphone. Yes. You know, you may get in the mode where you're replying to messages and for you have a period of five minutes, you don't get a new message. Does that person still like me? Does that person <laughs> ignore me? Yeah, those types yeah. of things happen. So, yeah. Yeah. In, in cases where my clients mm -hmm. are over overly uh, connected to their technology, I actually give them a challenge. Do you know what I actually ask them to do? What's that? I ask them to unplug for the weekend. <laughs> And some of them are like, oh, because I mean, literally, it has to be right there all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to challenge you because mm -hmm. you need to reconnect with your family. Let's unplug for the weekend and yeah. go outside. T-Mobile has that. I don't know if you've seen it. The take yeah. five, take yeah. five minute break, take five days, whatever yeah. it is maybe. Yes, I've noticed that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, I think the it's not already there, it's in the pipeline. There's actually a DSM-5 
uh, TR has put on the table to actually, um, which is the, the manual that we diagnose out of, right. to actually have an addiction to technology. Yeah, I can I, see it. <laughs> I think that people can become addicted to technology. And that is so anxiety provoking. Um, addiction is yes. in general because you're not you're you're just in chaos when you have addiction. Um, and I can understand that that would be anxiety provoking if you're constantly like who who's on there what they say. Yeah. And and it just makes it uh, you know anxiety producing. Right. So yeah. So if I'm dealing with some issues. Um, sweaty hands, feeling like I don't want to go out the door. How do I know what I'm feeling is anxiety versus depression or maybe actually high blood pressure that's causing the issue? So what I always like to do with my clients is that I ask them, all right, now when was the last time you had a good physical? Because a lot of our clients that we serve really don't take care of that piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, there are many medical conditions that mask like anxiety, like depression, um, and you got to know if you, that's what's going on. Right. Um, a lot of thyroid conditions will mask and kind of look like bipolar. Um, but um, so I always want my clients to get a good physical with blood work and just get a general physical and see if there's anything medically driving the bus. Okay. You know, that's where I, I usually start. If they're not, if, if everything checks out great, uh, then they obviously want to come in and get an intake um, so that we can see what's going on. Um, we want to make sure that we don't put the, the a label on our clients. We want to make sure we get it right. And so during the intake process, we ask lots of different questions about, you know, overall clinical um, history um, in a lot of variety of um, sections. Um, and, and then we want to see the best way we can help them. I think a lot of people are scared to come to therapists because maybe they had a bad experience or maybe they just, they're scared of it, they don't know anything about it. But like I was telling you earlier, we don't bite. That's right. <laughs> we can't eat you. We're here to help. <laughs> That's right. We're yeah. here to make it better. I've been doing this a long time, and I've treated thousands of people. And I can tell you my, um, I kind of have this line in the sand that, that I like to kind of tell um, regarding medication. Um, for a lot of people, medication is scary because they're like, oh, I don't want to be a zombie. I don't like the side effects. Don't want to depend upon it. Exactly. That's the biggest one. Yeah. But here's the deal. If your quality of life is suffering so much that you're not getting out of bed or that you're so petrified to leave your house that you just stay in your house or that you're so nervous that you have medical issues that are worse because of your mental health symptoms, then you really want to consider getting um, some, some medicine for that. Um, our providers are, are really great here at Westbrook. And um, the medication is going to help take the gas off the fire. Um, it's going to bring the intensity from volume 10 down to here where you can manage it. 
so that when you come into therapy, because they're a partnership, and my experience has been that therapy with medicine is the best partnership. Because what it does, the therapy goes over coping mechanisms, goes over triggers to anxiety. It also goes over any underlying, maybe trauma, that's contributing to the anxiety um, that medicine can't deal with. Medicine takes the intensity down. Therapy deals with the underlying and gives you coping mechanisms. Yeah, I think another piece of that um, that maybe people don't understand is the medicines prescribed have different potency levels. Yes. And having therapy can help mm -hmm. keep that from having the potency level have to keep going up to be able to address it properly. Yeah, that's a good point because mm -hmm. medicine doesn't have mm -hmm. to be permanent. Right. I've had many clients that have used medicine, especially this time of year in the winter, because you were mentioning some depression, mm -hmm. anxiety gets bad this time of year too, because sunlight doesn't come down mm -hmm. um, very much, because we got our clouds and rain and storms, right. um, and so that boosts anxiety up. Um, what you know, this time of year you might go up on your medicine, but then once the springtime comes and everything's a blooming and we got nice temperatures, you can come down. My experience has been, and like I said, I've been doing this a while, lots of folks. When you do medication and therapy at the same time, people take less medicine. Some come off of medicine totally because they, they're through the acute phase of anxiety. Um, they typically uh, will in, be more um, receptive and work better in therapy because they're not just sitting there going, like, you know, they would right. normally um, in a session. So really, you know, what we're looking for is trying to help somebody's quality of life. Yes. Yes, we want them to have a great quality of life. We don't mm -hmm. want you to be miserable in your home. We want to be able to help you right. um, enjoy things as everyone else would. Absolutely, because it just takes a little bit of courage and hope to make that phone call, get that appointment, um, and, and get your intake done so that we can give you the, as many services as you'll let us. Yeah. Um, but our whole goal, um, and I think I can speak for all of Westbrook employees, we're here to help our communities and the folks in the community Absolutely. get better. And you know, anxiety is real. It's real for the person, but it's also real for the family because the family has to live with Volume 10, yeah. Inferno, all the time, and um, which is why I have my, my folks talk to their family and right. with the, the beach scene. It would know? be very frustrating for a family member to mm -hmm. want to help but don't know how mm -hmm. and, and, and dealing with that. They can internalize that thinking it's their fault and, and yes. create, could even create more problems and issues. So what I like to do, sometimes we have to get a little sneaky to get people help. So sometimes we'll have, and I've done this a lot, especially when you got somebody that's like, I don't like therapy, that's where the, the crazy people go, or whatever words you want to say. Yeah. Um, so um, what I do is I kind of, I like, okay, you and I are going to partner to get that other person in. So you and I are going to work together, and then you're going to invite that other person to come in, 
and say that you need help and get the other person in because a family that works on anxiety together helps the person along so much faster. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because when you're at your house by yourself and you're anxious and there's nobody there, um, you don't have any place to put it. You don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. Which is why our crisis hotline is a great place to go. If, you know, if two o'clock in the morning you wake up, you've had a panic attack, you're not sure what to do, mm-hmm. everybody's asleep, give us a call. Right. We'll help you out. Yeah, and, you know, to go along with that, avoidance is never the answer. No, mm-hmm. no. Because here's the thing. The inside of us, our, our feelings, our emotion, is kind of like a file drawer. You open it up, you got a bunch of folders, and the folders are memories and emotions. Eventually, the file drawer gets too full. And then what happens, if it gets too full, the person has a mental health breakdown. And the idea of the coping mechanisms, the idea of support system is to help give a person with anxiety, depression, whatever other condition they have, an escape pod. Yeah. Like they have on Air Force One. Yeah, there you go. They do have that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Keep the president safe. That's right. It's a little pod he floats down. But but I think, I think of the partnership with Westbrook, our clients, our community, and everything we have going on here is all about helping our community and the folks that live in our communities to get better. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. what we want to do, meet the needs of the community and, and help people thrive. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, Shelby, this has been great. Me too. Yes. I've enjoyed it so much. Well, good. I'm I glad. Have. And I sure hope people have gotten some use out of our little jabber jaw. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that will be. I think. I think they will. I yeah. think they'll find it very useful. I know that I've yeah. been very intrigued and, and very grateful that you joined me today. Well, so. I appreciate it, mm-hmm. and um, hope we all have a good uh, weekend, rest of the day, yeah. and summer and fall and all that good stuff. Definitely. All so. Right. I want to thank everybody for for listening to this episode of our podcast and just as a reminder um, if you are in need of help and services Westbrook is here and you may call our crisis line at any time 304-485-1725 thank you thank you